Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Rocket Mortgage. Confidence. Support for The Adam Carolla Show comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Why can't clients get approved in minutes, not weeks? Or make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans answered those questions and more. It gives you the confidence to buy a home or refinance your existing loan. Fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. That's right. That's what Rocket Mortgage does. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. What else do you need to know? And again, these guys support the show and are great sponsors. So, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash Adam. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Adam. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, Greg Fitzsimmons, with Gina Grad on news, Bald Brian on sound effects, and now, every advance he's ever made has been unwanted. Adam Corolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you. And uh, thanks for uh, welcoming sponsors like Stamps.com. These guys have been with us for a long time. And they're uh, they're uh, up for uh, 2018. So uh, go ahead. Stop stop waiting in line at the post office. Just go to Stamps.com. Check them out. Enter Adam. Get all the discounts there. And, of course, uh, LifeLock. These guys are great, too. Let's keep it safe this year with LifeLock.com. Use the promo code ADAM and give some love to our sponsors. Gina Grad, good day. Good day to you. Handball, Brian. Yeah! Will, oh, that may, uh, will that be an Ace Award winner? Tune in to find out next week. <laughs> yeah, that's the drop right there, that's right? A strong contender. Yeah! I always... Uh, the guy who was interrupting his shoot in New York. I always look forward to uh, the Ace Awards. I'm always yeah. surprised. I always forgot. I always forget about everything, and I'm always surprised. So that's always a crowd pleaser. Just stroll down memory lane. I just went through the drops the last few days. We had a good crop this mm. year. Good, good crop of nominees. I uh, was, uh, I don't know. So, so somebody sent me a tweet, and the tweet was, L.A. has uh, appointed a pot czar, marijuana czar, okay. um, because all the business we're going to do. And... I like the idea of having everywhere. Might as well, you know, take advantage. Yeah, Yeah, let's get a czar going and let's figure out how to monetize this and tax it and blah blah blah. Um, It's kind of weird what LA does or what California does. What California does is they just wait for the next cash crop to come in and then they just start taxing it. Yes, and they they will do it with Silicon Valley. And they've done it in the past with many things, I guess, throughout agriculture, probably once upon a time. Hollywood. And Hollywood and once upon a time. And then they just kind of wait for the next thing to show to show up. They don't do a lot of creating, but they do a lot of hanging back in that prevent defense. Um, I was uh, so I thought so this guy tweeted me and he said, uh, hey, L.A. is getting I think he said California, maybe he said L.A. Or maybe both uh, is getting probably California. probably California is getting a pot czar, a marijuana czar. Right. He said, uh, "How about a traffic czar? Do you guys have a traffic czar yet?" And I thought it's, it seems right logical. The, we, we, heels. we don't have a traffic czar because that involves moving things along mm, yep. and and not extracting money from sure. taxpayers and citizens. But I thought I'm just going to Google L.A. Traffic czar. Oh Jesus! How how many attempts did it take to, to, and, to get czar? Uh, oh no! I was I was reading it off of his uh, czar. I, Adam, he, he, I saw his so czar. Only two. Only two. Right. So yeah, I know you spell it czar like yeah. bizarre. Okay. Z a r r e. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Possibly yeah. another R in there. It oh, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, <laughs> it, it, Gary says it was L.A. So it was an L.A. pot czar. And I said, uh, okay, well, let's see. Let me just Google an L.A. traffic czar and see if we can find who this person is. Because if I be could get in a room with this person for an hour or even 20 minutes, I could move things along right. in every city, but especially this one. I had a, uh, I had my first... Well, almost first, second, or third, probably at about three, uh, left turn arrow blow through gone south. It almost went horribly, what? horribly okay. wrong. So if it goes. There is a risk involved. If it goes wrong. Breaking. Well, there's no risk involved with the left turn arrow that you ignore. There's zero risk if you're just in the front of the line and simply treating it. Is if you're at a regular intersection right. where there's no error, right. then then there's as much risk as there is at the any, intersection any in front intersection. of it or any intersection. The problem is, is I'm getting a lot more advanced. I'm right. now going around groups of cars. <laughs> you can I'm control sl- the matrix. Yes, I'm sliding into yeah. the left to go inside yeah. of a car. I mean, graduate level. Yes, and yesterday independent study graduate right? <laughs> level. Yesterday we had a I had a situation where this is my favorite where. Because they don't do the timer on the arrows, they start filling up and spilling out into the other two lanes. So the left yeah. turn lane starts spilling out because people are backed up. They're not going yes. the way they could go. Depending on the intersection, it can accommodate five, six, right. seven cars, whatever it is. But eventually... It spills out into the next lane. And now those people aren't going anywhere. So you're, <clears throat> you've cre- created you're a dam. You're choking there. So I'm like, oh, God damn it. So the signal went green, and we went, and it was one of those things, and I've been behind these people all the time, where you can tell clearly the person in front of you is not going to go for it. Yes, you know instantly. And you know, you have a ton of time, you can make it clearly, and if they don't go for it, because of the goddamn cycling, you're never going anywhere. You're there all day. Right. So this guy was like, or girl, was like, I'm not, I'm being a little tentative about Mm. going for it, and I was like, all right, well, here I go, and I did my move where I went left, and I cut inside. Well, then they did decide to go for it, and they were going to do a U-turn. Oh, no. So now, as I was cutting inside and going around them, they were beginning their U-turn, which would have, of course, uh, T-boned me. Uh, but luckily, we avoided <laughs> catastrophe. That, that reminds me of a thing I say to Christy. All, she hates the way I drive. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an assertive driver. I take uh, opportunities when I see them. Sure, you're sort of the same way with Lynette. And she yells at me to slow down and don't, don't you, know, you don't fit there. And I'll, Lynette I'll watch, doesn't give a shit. Watch this. I'll show you. Well, Christy's taking out it just looking at her phone. She's, right. she's, she's ignoring everything I'm right. doing. But as I explain to her all the time, and you've you got to be on board with this, the worst driver for traffic, for safety, for everything is a, is a timid driver, a tentative yes. driver. Yes. Yes. I'll take an aggressive driver because right. that yes. guy knows where he's I'll going. I'll applaud an aggressive driver. Yes. Right. Because knows where he's going, she's going, know where they're going, yeah. or what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. A timid, tentative driver, that's the person that, like, you could make that lie. Why are you slamming on your brakes? You're yeah. going to cause an accident. Like, that's the driver you don't want on the road. Erratic. Agreed. Uh, we have a call up here about uh, doing music testing. We were complaining about the other day. But so I just, I Googled in LA traffic czar mm-hmm. and. I went down to see what would come up. Like, I'm, I'm sure tons kind of hoping to get a name yeah. or the uh, mayor appoints traffic czar, Easy. you know, from, from 2015 or whatever it is. Here are the stories when you Google in L.A. <laughs> hey, we ought to have a traffic czar. L.A., worst traffic in the world. <laughs> in the, the world. defining In the world. The yes. Uh, here's And then I printed it out because I couldn't believe it. All right, so just from the top yep. to the bottom. Okay. I, I guess that's how Google works. Yeah. Headlines. All right, yeah. here we you go. You put in L.A. traffic czar, and this is what comes up. L.A. leaders okay cannabis czar as a new era of recreational marijuana. Okay. Well, Meet- it's got the word czar, czar. in Fine. Meet the city of Irvine's new traffic czar. Oh. Irvine, by About the way, half is, away. is not L.A. It's where things actually work. Right. It's yeah. some Two sort of away. little bastion of place where people take care of their city yeah. and aren't constantly talking about the homeless and greenhouse yes. gases. And to that point, when we drive down to Irvine, how wonderful is when the traffic just opens up as oh, soon as you get to Irvine. Yes. You have to drive to another county to get to these shows. Right. Yeah. Um, right. If Irvine's not far away enough for you, Montreal's new traffic czar no longer working for the city. Um <laughs> 
Santa Monica council member wants to appoint a safe streets czar. Oh, we were so close. Oh. Like, instead of, of course, there's pussies. Like, I was looking at those goddamn pussies in Santa Monica, and I was like, Santa Monica wants to do something? Oh, no, they want safety. The they, want more, they want This is a homeless crossing. We need yep. signs up here. Yeah. Here's where the transgendered kids who've lost their way are walking in a circle in the intersection. We need more signs. We need more security. So, actually, what Santa Monica's doing is perfect for Santa Monica. They're trying to bring it down. Yeah. Slow it down. Slow it down. What's yeah, your rush? <laughs> yeah. Cat uh, Packer named so-called cannabis czar for L.A. Cat Packer. Cat <laughs> Packer. Uh, Irvine wants to reinstate. do mornings with a brother Fudge. Cat <laughs> Fudge. Yeah. Irvine wants to reinstate Transportation Commission, hire traffic czar. Mayor confirms traffic czar was fired over harassment complaints. I love, this is in Montreal. Montreal. I love the idea that I was from L.A. being able to follow the saga of Montreal. <laughs> Montreal. And what's going on? Well, they hired a traffic czar, but then later on, after a sexual harassment suit, they had to fire lots of Montreal, lots of hot Montreal traffic talk. Have you heard anything about L.A. in traffic yet? I'll let you Uh, keep going. I'm afraid to read the next one. Uh Let's hear it. Los Angeles needs a homelessness CEO. (laughs) What is it? What? I know. I know I'm an insane person, but what? What? Why Why is this just a non... I mean, look, maybe there is something, but Google it, and there's two stories about Montreal mm-hmm. and traffic, and two stories about Irvine and traffic, and two stories about Pot Czar, and then a homeless oh, czar. Oh, oh, like, there, uh, two two, more? two oh, stories. Oh. Um, city councilman says LA needs to hire a homeless czar. There you go. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, Kimmel's pretty tight with uh, Garcetti. He's done some fundraising for him. He at least has his ear. You should petition the mayor to be traffic czar. They don't have the position like you have to beat anybody out. Like, well, he's listen, busy mayoring, Brian. That's the reason he should do it. Like, listen, you stick to whatever it is you do. Worry about the homeless. And that's all you think about. Right. Let me take care of the traffic. I've talked to him about it uh, to multiple politicians. Come on, 2018. Ace man for traffic. <laughs> yes! are. And they're always confused. They're really confused. Like, what you're you wa- talking what, what about. What do you want to do? This is like the, you want more traffic? This is like the parent mm-hmm. of a perpetual F-minus student. <laughs> And at some point, you get called into a parent-teacher conference, and you're like, little Timmy's an angel. Yeah. And you're like, he's failing horribly all his classes all the time. And what you're, you're like, saying doesn't make any sense Right. Like, me. oh, it's I don't know what you cute. want. This is not the Timmy I know. I, have you thought about studying or doing homework with him? It's like, uh, I, I should talk to my wife about that. Yeah. Like, uh, That's hard to part How is it that this is never... It, it doesn't come up. It's Insane. not. I mean, the last few weeks I've had to like go from the airport back to my house and back. I keep having these meetings. I had a meeting in Santa Monica. I had a meeting in West L.A. It's just it's a goddamn These disaster. It's yeah. a disaster. Why? I don't I don't ask why it's not solved. I ask why it's not discussed. Plus, I mean, work that's on. why is it not in the discussion? Yeah. Um, real yes. quick, I'm sure you've seen this sign. I couldn't get a good picture of it, but please tell me in the last few days you've seen the, uh, you know, those Amber Alert signs. That, oh, that's the one. Yes. Don't let fire safety go up in smoke. This is another one that Christy and I saw in the car. Yeah, Even she cryptic. was like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the. It took me till Rosecrans to figure out. What, what does it mean? mean? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I, we're I mean, still... don't, make sure you're up and up on your fire safety or. Uh, the sign is, we should say, don't let. It's fire an electronic safety. freeway sign. Go up don't, and smoke. Don't go up and smoke. Don't let fire safety go up and smoke. It's a non. It's pablum. It's it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. And there's no. What is the action, action we're supposed to take? That's it's a, like no, what you I, say to know that the other guy's a Russian spy too. It's like when it says, You're and, right. And, the guy says on the bench right. next yeah. to you. It's like end senior abuse. Like, yeah. I, I don't okay. know what that means. I don't, I, I know what it means, but I'm not sure what percentage of people traveling under this sign have the ability to enact any positive changes. It pretends to, <laughs> pertains to senior abuse and or for the handful of people that are on the way to Shady Acres to open a can of whoop ass on Nana. I'm not sure if this is going to deter yeah. them. I feel like that's a commitment. Right. Yeah. I mean, like when you're, in. when you're into, <laughs> when you're into abusing Nana, <laughs> I don't believe a brief yeah. saying on electronic sign is going to get you no. to stop. That's your thing, man. That's your thing. So this is a zero and at least like slow for the cone zone is something, kind even though we're all aware of it because they're big orange cones and flashing signs and everything. But this 
This is less than zero. And the reason this is less than zero is don't let fire safety go up and smoke doesn't mean anything to anyone passing by because we're not in the firefighting community. And if we are, then we have a job. And unless you're just talking about, well, I I got some road flares and some duct tape and some gasoline. I was going to head out to the chaparral and and bivouac unless for that one person, maybe they should turn around and find a holiday in that rare instance. But that's never. So this is. The reason it's less than zero is there's tons and tons of people that are passing under the sign, looking up at it, trying to make sense yep, of yep. it and not focusing yeah, on, on the, the road. road. Yes, it's it's totally insane. And I mean it at this point when I said I sent out a tweet when I saw this. What would Geico auto insurance pay for a network of 10,000 signs that got an average of two billion eyeballs a day. What would Geico, what would they pay for that? Because they pay a premium on, you know, a deep for a deep cable show to run a couple 30 second spots. You know, what would Geico give give the city? How many, how many, uh, how many schools could we build with that? Or uh, what would, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel Live. What, what would they, t- with, with tonight's guest, Matt Damon, you know, what would they pay? And my thing is like, Look, uh, if we're not going to use the signs, then let's at least cash in. Yeah. I, I, if somebody just said, look, obviously we're retarded people. All we got is click it or ticket or slow for the cone zone or don't let fire safety go up and smoke. This means absolutely nothing to anybody. Most of the people going under the sign don't speak fucking English, but okay. Okay. Now, it means nothing. Look, I wish we were using this sign for something constructive as well, but evidently we're unable to achieve that lofty goal. So I suggest we get NBC and ABC and ESPN and Geico and Pepsi and we'll just bid it out. Mm -hmm. They'll just bid it out. That that'll be it. I'm sure McDonald's stream around. Sure, McDonald's would would pay a pretty penny to tell you uh, next off ramp. Get yourself a burger. Have it your way. That's Burger King. But yes, (laughs) I get it. Wait a minute. Now hold it? the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. What uh, year is that from? It's yeah. a, I, I, maybe McDonald's. Or, McDonald's. I thought it was super, uh, oh, that they, was they, they go through uh, a few, yeah. I'm loving it. Thought, I'm loving it. Uh, was, uh, I don't have know. it your I way. I think it's Burger King. No, I think it's, it's Burger King. Way. I think it's Burger King, too. That was the, Burger King's. The Whopper could be deconstructed. Burger King's sell was you go to McDonald's, you just get... The Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do it here. You want to hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. I'm trying to create a competitive bidding situation. <laughs> oh, I see. I don't know Everyone why not ruin the table it. for Have the king. it your way. Yes. Vintage. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special, Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. Oh, well, in that case, could I have the other Whopper with extra ketchup? Sure. We can serve your Brody Whopper fresh with everything on top. Bring the song back. That's the way to do things. Our way. I like our hat. All right, Gina, ask me who the attorney general is. Who's the attorney general? No goddamn idea. Okay. What is this? Yeah, I, that's literally how I'm wired. I can know I, every lyric to a song that I saw when I was uh, 11 years old, but for some reason, nope. nothing now. Nope. Nothing now. All right, let's see. Uh, real quick. Uh, uh-huh. Hey, uh, Blake, 52, Missouri. Hey, get it on. Missouri. Missouri. What's going on? Missouri. Get mm-hmm. it on, everyone. Thanks. Get it on, man. Great to talk to everybody. Uh, the other day, you talked about music testing. You touched on it a little bit and uh, how it was kind of ruining music and radio long ago. And uh, I was right in the middle of that storm back in 1990. So just a little uh, history here. I worked for a research company, and we did production for Music Hooks. You may have heard of those. Mm-hmm. And we actually had K-Rock as one of our big clients. Ooh. We well, had K-Rock in, in Los Angeles, yeah. Sure, yeah. And uh, so we worked with the music directors and the program directors. But what I didn't realize, even though I love uh, radio Hold on, hold on one second, Blake. Let me just scream sure. for just one quick second, just so I, I think so everybody understands just how I'm wired. The freeway signs and or <laughs> listening to people are people. So why can't we be, you know, why it can't so, be you and I get on. I don't look at those two as any different. 
which is when I play anybody, and this is this is all I do, uh, I play him Blue from the Jayhawks, and everybody I play it to goes, oh, that's a great song. Yeah. How come I've never heard that song before? It's not like, well, Adam, you like that song, and I like Maneater, and we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> no, they all love the Jayhawks. You play them that song, and they go, I love that song. And we all have songs that we know that are that way, that you played someone, and, and they turn people onto it, and they all love it, and we all agree that those other songs that we're talking about suck hairy bungholes. So what are we doing? Wait for it to kick in. <laughs> this is the best part. I don't even think of this as music. That's what I'd like to say. I always like to say, I think of this music like I think of my mom being a bad stand-up. <laughs> like, well, She's I, not, well, not a stand-up. Stand she couldn't be. Uh, she wishes what? she was a bad stand-up. She's a not. It's not bad music. It's not music. It's Your not dad's music. a bad power forward. <laughs> Okay. All right. Go ahead, uh, Blake. Jesus fucking and there was Christ. The <laughs> Do we need to hear that song ever again? Everyone I know hates it except for dumb people. It's like the freeway signs. Just change it. Just fix it. Sorry, Blake. You were saying? You were saying. That's all right. Well, you know, I love radio as a medium, as do all of you. And uh, all of the small stations were getting eaten up by larger conglomerates back in the 90s. But they would all do radio testing. They would all do music testing of their playlists. I was privy to all of those music lists, although I didn't share them with everybody. But uh, we had radio stations in major markets all over the world. So over a 10-year period, I probably hooked eighty to 100,000 songs that were used in music testing, auditorium testing, telephone testing. So give, us, give us the definition it, of hook. I mean, we know what a hook is in a song. Sure. The hook for testing purposes was the most recognizable part of the song. And you hit it right there with people are people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can't play a three, four minute song every time for, you know, it doesn't Right, you right. So you just hook. play the hook yeah, in the song. 30 seconds. It Call out hook. Right. Eight seconds of, uh, yeah, exactly. Eight seconds of the right. most recognizable part. So the part. retarded people's now, ears would perk up and go, oh. I love right. that song. Some songs aren't as easy as others to hook, like, I don't know, Pink Floyd and Money is a, no, a, a baseline no, of no five, four meters. Right. For the yeah, for the so. for the record, that song sucks too. Well, the first twenty seconds is all you'd recognize. But anyway. yes, we all don't have to yeah. worship the altar, Pink Floyd. That that song's fucking boring. Right. Snorefest. Money. It's like, ugh. All right. Anyway, yeah. Here's my point. But what I did. You're not cool because you like Pink Floyd. And uh, all right. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Like. Well, what I didn't realize while I was working in this industry was that it was killing radio as we know it, and all the power was not in the DJ's hands anymore, but in someone's hands in a large building in New York somewhere for all of the stations that they owned. Well, how and could anything work right if, with that? Things how like, could any yeah, art form, how could any painting, imagine if Ferrari or Pina Farina was designing cars and they got a whole group of idiots from the Nevada area with their fanny packs mm-hmm. to tell them, Give, get their input. What don't you like about the hood or the deck lid yeah. or the tail? Or what, feed us. All feed us your information on how we're going to design this thing. Do you, I want it to be shinier. Yeah. What would you have? You would have nothing. I know. When we're doing the K-Rock doc right now, the whole point was the K- K-Rock was flailing for years, and then they just hired a bunch of jocks, and the jocks played what they wanted to play, and that's when it took off. But anyway, sorry, Blake. Thanks for ruining radio, Blake. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wish I hadn't, but... <laughs> yeah, I'll see you at the Hague, bitch. I'm bringing him up on war crimes. He's ruined my fucking life. All right, where were we? Uh, let's see, Phil from Connecticut. All right, I'll tease Phil from it. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Now, what... He's called, what a few, he's called a few times with his resume, this right? He wants a gig here. Yeah. And uh, last time he was, he was tasked by you with uh, come like with 10 ideas for the show, 10 bits, 10 pitches. Yeah, so he first called in and, and got his pitch down to two minutes. You said, uh, knock it down to one minute. And you said, okay, now it's time for you to come back with some ideas. Okay. And that's where we are. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Let's have some fun here. Each idea he pitches... Well, I'll tell him to pick his top five. We're going to score these, maybe? Yeah, Ooh. one to ten. Okay. Highest combined score. We'll see. We'll figure out. No winner, but we'll figure out what our combined right. score is. If okay. something sounds really good, maybe it's a nine. If something's a little bit of a dud, maybe it's a two. Sure. 
And if you first one was a nine and the second one's a two, now you have a score of 11. Okay. We go to the next one. Want to do that? Yeah, out of uh, 50. Yeah, we'll do that in a second. First, stamps.com. Busiest time of the year, the holidays. Who has time for the post office? Use stamps.com instead. All the services, the postal service offers at your fingertips. Here's the thing. You go online. Lynette's online right now. She's buying certificates for people and gifts for people and stuff like that. So you're already online buying all your stuff. Then stay online and send all your stuff. Yes. Don't do one thing. It's like, oh, you're Elon Musk. And then the uh, other one, you're uh, mom's Mabley. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's- the whole, the whole enchilada. But I'm saying, it's like, well, you once turned to this last two centuries ago, like right. you're walking yeah. it over in a box to the post office. Yep. So as long as you're online being all 21st century and all, why and don't you stay there? And you know what happens when you don't use stamps.com? All the gifts just start accumulating yeah. in your own house and That's sit there right. for another year. That's right. Enjoy stamps.com with a special four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone, top of the homepage. Type in Adam. That is stamps.com. Enter Adam. Quick break. Right back with Phil right after this. He's the porcelain punisher fun to it's his ass we're smelling and our eyes are welling up with some tears. Here's the porcelain punisher If it's plop, plop in the toilet you hear. Plus the sound of him groaning, the bowl's overflowing, you know to stay clean. It's the porcelain punisher, the porcelain punisher. Yeah, the porcelain punisher. <laughs> Seeker of leisure. We cut to Christmas Eve. So, Matt, what is it you do again? <laughs> well, Grandma. All right, uh, Phil 38, Connecticut. Phil. Oh, wait a second. I think I've got to do something with sign one. Okay. There you go. Phil, sorry. Yes, sir. All right. So, Phil, last we spoke, I told you to write down 10 ideas for the show. Yes. And uh, now I'm going to ask you to narrow that down to five and pitch us the five, and we're going to score those five. Okay. All right. Well, I I narrowed it down to three. I'll just add two. Okay. Please. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. We'll try to start <laughs> strong and finish okay. strong. Okay. Um, all right. The, uh, may I go? Is that fine, sir? Yeah, let's go. Uh, I, I don't know. But yeah. I, I, I like somehow sir, wrote like, five, yeah, four, three, two, one. But, Permission uh, to proceed? <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever order you got them in. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so the first one I call Movie Bluff. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The category will be movies for this game. You can play a three-way game. You, Ball, Gina. Um, and any addition players, if you'd like. Two people go head-to-head. They both, um, excuse me, uh, both will go head-to-head and get to see the movie title, and then the bidding war begins, okay? Both players that have seen the name on the back of the movie will start bidding back and forth on how many words it will take them to get the third-party listener the correct title or movie title. So it's almost like they that tune. Yeah, it's kind of like spades in a sense okay. when you're trying to bluff it out on like how many bids you want to do. But um, <clears throat> uh, so whoever has the smallest number during the bidding war will then proceed to use that amount of words to describe to the listener. Um, hey, give us uh, give us an example on movie bluff. Uh, all right, so a quick example is um, if you and Gina were playing and and Brian had the card and it was uh, Forrest Gump. Um, so you would go back and forth. You'd be like, I can do it in five words. And Gina's like, well, I can do it in three. And Adam's like, well, I can do it in two. Gina's like, I bet you can't. So you go for the two, okay? And you would say something like, Bubba, Tom, and hopefully be able to get Brian to listen to based on the two bids you made. Uh-huh. So unlike the TiVo game where you have to stick to the script, you have to read the directions. This is like Taboo, the, the board game. And this whoever is... has the name of the movie is the only one who knows what the movie <clears throat> is. Right. So, the, so if it's Top Gun, you go Goose, 
Maverick, mm-hmm. and then I go Top Gun. You don't go a pilot. Mm-hmm. That's right. what you're saying. Is that right, what you're saying? Right, but the idea is you're challenging each other to obviously use the least amount of words as possible. Understood. Understood. Um, but but you, when, something, uh, something, hold on a I'm second. Sorry. <laughs> it's always weird when you say to somebody, so it's this way. You don't say this, you say that, and then they always blow right past and go, no, you're challenging people to use the. But that's a good example of Top Gun, right? Like right. If you said Top Gun, you could get it with one, maybe. You could right. just go Maverick, yeah. and you might get right. Top, Top Gun. gun. Just like we X out the the, the, the actors' names yes. in the TiVo game, right. we should X out characters. Is that what you're saying, Phil? You got it. You got it spot okay. on. So. All right. Good. Okay. Spot good. on. Um, and there's just a matter of scoring that goes into it as far as okay. – uh, right. I don't want to I, I like too much time with that's, that. That's, that's, that's interesting. I could see that. Okay, um, I don't want to get into the scoring. It's that's mumbo right, jumbo. We're giving, uh, we're giving that idea. N- we're giving that idea number. Okay. All right. Go okay. ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, little soft, <laughs> little softer, not as strong, but um, something like, uh, why are you doing that on TV? Okay. Um, you might be thinking I'm ripping off something from Nickelodeon. Why can't you do that on TV? But that's not what it is. Um, fans will try to have to find those small, unnoticed things. That just don't happen in real life. And it has to come from past sitcoms. So an example of this, this is something I've always noticed and I never could understand. Like on Roseanne, and this might be in Hollywood and I just don't know, but specifically on Roseanne, every time they poured a beverage, they would only pour half the glass. Who does that? Nobody does that. That's not real. So I don't know. Just no. I mean, you can obviously be like Superman can't fly and so on and so yeah, forth. But I get the it. little the little things. Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you from my vast uh, radio experience why that one is why I'm going to give it under a five. Okay. Uh, and by the way, Roseanne is uh, actually they're they're a sitcom about a poor family that pours half a glass. Our sitcom would be about a rich family that always pours a full glass but never drinks more than half more than half of it. I every morning I get out and there's just half glasses <laughs> spread out all over the place. Um, the reason I'm gonna give it under five, and I think Bald Brian will back me up on this one from previous experience and Gina from her radio experience as well. Whenever you tell the listeners be clever, it's always a dud. They just never come up with anything good. I've, it, it's happened twice in 25 years of broadcasting where I went, oh, yeah. my God, that's good. Whenever you ask them to bring up something, they can occasionally pull off a rich man, poor man, but like a sort of oh. comedic observation from a sitcom. They always screw those. Like they're like, hey, what's up with denim? And then you're like, what's up? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they come walking in like in Friends and – they're wearing denim, yeah. And you're like, "What's weird about that?" Well, you just don't you don't see denim that much. And I'm like, "I'm wearing denim now." Well, yeah, I, but, I'm a sweatpants guy myself. But what's up? Right, like that's what ends up a lot of it. And then you realize, oh, that's why I get the big bucks because right. you ask to, people essentially do what Seinfeld yeah. does, right. and they're not surprise, surprise, they're not doing it. We right. used to do uh, a couple examples. One, we used to do what can Adam complain about with listeners, callers, and they would call and suggest. And it it, it was started out strong and eventually just devolved into a request to rant. Like, I'll bet you can't complain about red turn arrows. Right. And then, uh, like, we used to do uh, Germany or Florida, and I knew it was time to, to to quit that game with the callers when someone called up and was like, uh, here's the one. And it was kind of lame. It was like, well, actually, it happened in Cleveland. It's like, oh, all right, well, yeah, no. we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't. You don't care anymore. Yeah, we were going to play What Can Adam Complain About this uh, week, but anyway. Hey, uh, Phil. Okay, I'm going to give it a score. Give it a score. Keep going. Keep going. That bombed. No, you're doing good. Keep Keep your head up. Okay, um, let's see. Okay, well, it sounds like maybe something a little more personal, man, for the Ace Man might uh, get a good score. So this is called the Ace Man's Go-To Move. Example one. It's a Tuesday. It's raining, and Adam is watching Saving Private Ryan. Mm-hmm. What would be his go-to move for dip, chips, beverage, etc.? Who answers this question? Fans. Fans. What, yes. what would they be guessing? What I actually imbibed well, or what I should do? Yeah, it's raining. He's watching Saving Private Ryan. He's having dip. What kind of dip is the ace man having? What do you think he would have during that movie? What kind what's of dip specific? pairs with uh, yeah, right. what he, genocide? What's his strategy? What's uh, his go-to move? Okay, good. Next. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. 
Okay, I'll say that one for the last one. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah the closer. <laughs> got a close drunk. Uh, if, if you build it, uh, they will come. Mm-hmm. People send in their creative innovations or ideas. You take a poll or a vote by whatever means, social media, and then we build it. Mm-hmm. We, we build it. Real-time cameras, everything. We build it. And then you can auction it or give it away or or send it back to the fan that came up with the idea in the first place. I like when that show was on Spike, by the way. Yes. Thank you. What? Like, give us. Crawling friends. Give us three <laughs> examples of projects. On. Three examples of projects. Okay. Whatever. Build the sound chamber. I'm, I didn't catch the last part, so I'm oh, sorry. What, what is examples. three examples of projects we might build? Okay, I have an idea that uh, we'll get rid of cabinetry. Uh, basically, an accordion-style centerpiece over your island. Uh, probably, depending on the payload, uh, would have to have it retracted. But basically, it comes down and accordion-style from the ceiling where you can put pots and pans, dishes, everything that you need on a nice, organized, tight area, and it's not taking up all that wall space. That's, I think, such a waste of time. And I mean, it's a money maker, but uh, okay. there's a better way of doing it. <laughs> well, so okay. that's one. What's another one? Uh, another building idea. Um, Hold on a second. Can I say this? I sat around writing tables all the time where people are, like, pitching stuff. And when people say... Wouldn't it be funny to do a bit? Let's see. Let's say we should do a bit with Denzel Washington. Be prepared for the boss man to go, what you have in mind? Right. Give me a couple Don't examples. just go, let's do a bit with Denzel Washington. And they go, like what? Yeah. And they go, uh... And then you start in this weird mode. We're like, well, first we'd have to see if he could agree to do it. Like, yeah, give me your ideas. Don't you think it'd be funny to do a bit with him? Like, the boss is, I've seen it around the writer's table with Jimmy a million times. The boss goes, okay, tell me what. Give me an example. What are we talking about? Always be prepared for that if you pitch the people call in and they suggest or whatever it is. You need... You know who was famous? A few chambers. You know, he did a version of that all the time with Jack Silver. He'd bust into our meetings and be like, hey, you know what's big these days, peeps? Twitter. Do something about that. And then leave. Right. It's like, oh, thanks. You contributed. Thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah. Well, still better than him explaining that I needed to, maybe we should start giving out the time. Yeah. Uh, that's the one I love. After I've done 4,000 hours on why radio gives out the time when uh, everyone has a phone and everyone has a digital clock in their car. And I would always scream... Remember when you were a kid and you'd drive around and you'd pass the bank on yes. Ventura Boulevard and it had the time and the temp? You know why they don't have those signs anymore? Because in the car that everyone is driving, there's a time and a temp. In radio, I don't know how you could escape it because your clock alarm goes off. It's got a clock right in the title. You walk into the kitchen. The microwave has the time. You pick up your phone. That has the time. There is no reason to give the time out. It's a perfect example of radio. And Jack was like, why don't you give out the time, peeps? And I, I was like, we're syndicated multiple time zones. Gotcha, Ace Man. Walk out of the thing. He was so out to lunch, he would come in and be like, I heard you doing that bit about time. Hey, you should give out the time. It's like you completely missed everything about it. Heard the notes, the words, but not the notes. Here's how you know program directors is tough. The highest, uh, the highest compliment, imagine if this was the highest compliment you could give a pilot or a spouse or another coworker. The greatest compliment I've ever heard about a program director, this is a person that shapes your show yep. and critiques you and is supposed to nudge you in the right direction and bring out your strengths and nurture the strength and see if we can work on the weaknesses. The greatest compliment I've ever heard about a program director is, uh, he leaves me alone. He He's awesome. Yep. It's awesome. It's like he was, it was like he was never born. <laughs> you could imagine if that was your if your director of sales or again you flew commercial aircraft or he drove parents, over like, like the greatest there. thing is like the guy didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest. That's, that's the high water mark. We always left before he got in. Left alone is yeah. the greatest compliment the I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, Kevin Weatherly at K Rock, that guy was the best. He didn't bug us at all. Yeah. He just leave us alone. We just do we just do love line. 
It's like the, the greatest compliment that could ever it's be paid. Dream, yeah. It's the dream, man. Finish paying right. one Phil. more. We Sorry, have one Phil. more. We're going. Oh, hold on. I got to give that one. All right. No, uh, sort of half of an, an example on the if you build it. All right. And here's a big closer. Big closer. Uh, all right. Uh, it's called Guess My Stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> Ten. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. We. <laughs> We have about six day individual Christmas stockings. Hold on, we get Tommy John to sponsor this. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah, that's a nine. Go ahead. Guess my stuffing. Uh, uh, six day individual Christmas stockings that are numbered and stuffed with individual items per stocking. Everyone gets approximately 20 to 30 seconds to feel each stocking and write down what they believe it is. We empty each stocking individually. If one person's right, it's plus three points. If it's two-way tie, plus two. If it's a three-way, it's one. The stocking category will be Corolla show-related item. Such as? Uh, well, you can't know because you'd be part of the game. All right, but, but it, let's just say I'm a fly in the wall in a very important um, meeting you're a, having a, about a stockings. A chicken taco. A chicken taco. Right. All right. In the stockings. All right, hang on a second. Kind of visual. Let's tabulate. All right, now Everyone look. add up. <clears throat> he's at a ten. Total. He's got he's got five. The highest is is fifty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the over under is twenty, or not the over under, but twenty five mm-hmm. is the middle the, middle of the yeah, ground. Probably average. Let's just say. Now you tell me if you think this is being fair. If if our three numbers don't add up to over seventy five, we. Well, because that would be us yes, over right, 25, right, 25, right. 25, even if it's set, even if it's 76, mm-hmm. but if it's under, he's taking this class pass fail. If it's under 75, I think we have to tell Phil to hang out in Connecticut. Don't buy a ticket to LA and keep, keep working but at this stuff. In Phil's defense, because I really like his, his grit. Does he even get, does he get any overall points for when you say, bring me 10 pitches, he did it and rain never did. Yeah, this um, guy he gets some. He gets points for effort, but the problem is, is at a certain point, especially with things like look, when you're a Mason, effort counts. Comedy at a certain point, something's got to kick mm-hmm. in that okay. goes a little bit further than Rudy, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Effort like, only gets so far. It, it's it's good, <laughs> but the Rudy of comedy is not what you're looking for in the in the. You'd rather have a stoned <laughs> Mitch Hedberg in there than a overcompensating right. guy. Wasn't yeah. that undersized defensive funny. end? <laughs> All right, Gina Grad, did you add up your uh, numbers? Yes. Do you have a number? Yes. Let's hear it. Um, I, can I just say that I had to give a, a one on if you build it just because I don't think anyone wants to do the extra work. So I think that one kind of tanked it. But yeah. I went with a strong and loving and supportive 18. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I thought I was going way too low and I thought that I was going to be cr- like people are going to be cruel about this. But I, I tried to score each one honestly and accurately. I had 17 and a half. We yeah, got out of the gate. Good for me. I have a 15. We got out of the gate strong with a seven. I, the first one was kind of an interesting uh, idea. Need not, some help with the gameplay. Not play, groundbreaking, but... but interesting. But after that, we just started yeah. to Fell fall off. off. And I, I also do a point deduction, again, when people suggest something, but with no examples. Mm-hmm. That's essentially like saying... Uh, they need to, you know, they need to make foil that works in the microwave. And you go, what do you got? And I go, I don't got anything. I'm just telling you someone should do it. You know, like, like I need you to tell me what your plan is as it pertains to that. The solution as well. Ironically, right. Phil, Phil may be responsible for what could be a great new bit. Call us with your five pitches. Yeah. We'll score them. Yes. A new game, five pitches. Yes. Phil? Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Oh, I feel bad. I like Phil. I like no, Phil too. No, I mean, it's. Don't forget, I, I initially called saying I would come out there and be, do blue car or whatever kind of work to be part of what you're doing. It was the cherry on top, I believe, where you're saying, go give me some 10 ideas. I've never even thought of being a writer in my life, but I got them done in three hours that day because you said it took Ray a year. And then I did the master list that I took the top five, which I probably might not have taken the best top five from the list within a week's time. All right. And I only did that because you told me to. I, I said I'll come out there and get the stains out of your car, but yeah. get you to the airport. I was like, I mean, I love doing yeah, this thing my entire week. You have no idea. Yeah. So it is what it is, and I appreciate it. I'll let you off the hook. Hey, well, you got to combine score 50, which so far is the highest we've had. Yeah, that's true. Number one. I love your motor. I just hate your wheels. <laughs> yeah. 
right. But I, he might be the first guy ever to call up any entertainment industry and say, I don't want to be part of the creative process. I want to get the stains out of the carpet. <laughs> the funniest thing you ever said. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm, okay. Oh, Brian, that's cruel. That sounds good. I don't even know what it means. It just makes sense. Hey, Phil. Yes, sir. All right. I, I still I still think there may be hope for you. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what. Hang around, Phil. Yeah, let's let's reconnect in 2018. How about how about that? Late right. 2018. Late, yeah. Not in two weeks. All right. Let's see. Uh, Fitz Dog is out there, so we want to bring him in in a sec. Uh, I want to just mop up these calls, and we'll bring in uh, Fitz Dog real fast. Let's see. Someone wants to be a stand-up comedian. Hey, Julie. Hello. Yeah, How's man. How's it going, guys? Good. I'm 30, Adam Napa. Cola. Yeah. Adam Carolla is going to use French onion dip while watching Save It Private Ryan. Yeah, oh, there you go. Storm in Normandy. Winner. Yeah, yes. that was a weird one to me. So, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a dip guy. But yeah. if I would, I would probably just have guacamole. But no. I don't know how people are going to guess. Not or for be, the first half hour. How do you be right or wrong? I think Julie got it right. <laughs> I say this. Uh, let's figure this one out. Somebody tweeted me an article that's like, "Hey, I'm a female and I'm funny, and uh, guys can't handle it or whatever." And I just thought, um, here's my analogy. Here's my analogy with that. I do believe that guys have a set of sort of pre-existing notions as it pertains to females. For instance, the first time you heard about females fighting in the UFC, it was kind of weird. It yeah. was like, that's, guy, that's what guys do. Like that, it felt like that was guys. You wanted to go watch guys do that. But the second Ronda Rousey starts knocking people out and choking people out and armbarring people... You immediately just sort of get past it yeah. and you go, now, now let's see what happens. Right. And now there's a whole bunch of UFC fighters that people, females, that people, they're headlining the cards now. So, so it's the same with comedy in a weird way. Like guys are like, oh, guys do comedy. And then you see a bunch of funny female comedians and then you're immediately past it. Like mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. This, this thing of like, oh, this guy doesn't like black people or Hispanic people or Asian people or whatever. And you, you go in and your doctor's black or he's Asian or he's Hispanic. And, you and that out. person has a moment of like, huh? And then they're immediately past it when they see the degrees on the wall and the person being competent yep. and whatever. So this thing of trying to paint everybody as a something negative because you have that moment of, huh? Which we do. But then you, you immediately, we immediately get past it based on the performance, mm -hmm. based on... How funny the stand-up is, how good the doctor is, how yep. good the whatever, yep. the pilot, the counselor, the whatever, yep. whatever it is. It's always that that moment. It's like seeing the female pilot where you go, huh? And then you go, well, so she you looks like she knows what she's and doing. Panic and yes. Start tearing up your ticket. Yeah. You, you all, we all. You, you come too. I don't think my kids are going to have that, but I've been around long enough to start with, see your first like female pilot on your commercial flight. There was that moment of like, huh? And then you, meet, cold sweat. you just kind of go, go, go past it. Julie. Yes. Yeah, I'm go here. ahead. Sorry. Um, so my question is that when I get on stage, there's a lot going on. And sometimes I get like a brain fart or I get flustered because mm -hmm. I want to make, you know, look around, can make eye contact. I need to remember like the course of events for my jokes or even remember the punchline or then yeah. I'm like, yeah. do you have any suggestions on when you're on stage and when you're actively performing how to just kind of just take a deep breath stay present and yes there is a certain thing that comes and he's with say improv class and i've already signed up for one so don't say improv class so had a ray over there. The yeah. um okay here's what i will say to everybody um who has to do any kind of presentation and this is a presentation of sorts mm -hmm. first off you have to do the reps. The, the, when you do just the reps, everything just goes them. away. It's invisible. I don't know how it works, but when you do a million reps, everything just gets easier, number one. Number two, when you go into these situations, I've told the, as much to Lynette when she's making some sort of presentation for Corolla drinks or something. I said, listen, don't memorize a script. When you memorize a script, at some point, You'll drop a word or you screw up and now you're off the script and you had a script and now you're off it. So you're sort of by Stumbling. by nature of the script, you're screwed. You're off the script. Right. 
have a feeling of what you wanted to yeah, say. Have posts the, you th- hit. the yeah. thoughts. Like what are you? What are your? What are your feelings about this? What are you? You're, you're delivering a eulogy or whatever it is. Tell me how you feel about this person. And you can have some beats, and obviously comedy needs some punchlines, but. Feel the the joke. Explain what you're feeling rather than I'm going through this sort of teleprompter in my mind trying to memorize every word. And then if something happens and I get bumped or thrown off, then we're screwed. Don't don't do it to have your your jokes are your jokes. Right. Mm -hmm. You understand them there. They come from you. Feel them. I, I, I was guilty of this at the beginning when I did stand-up. I was trying to put everything into order, like a, a word. Instead, it's right. like, feel that joke. It's your joke. And as How far- descriptive do you need to be when explaining something? You don't have to go in-depth with it, I correct? feel like the audience, the audience are pretty, pretty good about following along. They just, they just want to know that that's you and you're being authentic and you feel it. And don't be scared to stop or look at somebody or make a side comment. The biggest, I think, mistake everyone makes at the beginning is they feel like this got to power, power yes. through this, get through it. I got all this stuff memorized. Now I got to get up there and regurgitate it. Uh, all right. And uh, Matt, 29, Massachusetts. Hey, man, get it on. Yeah, man. So I, I'm hoping I'll make you feel a little better after that first call got you a little upset. So mm-hmm. um, two days ago, you were talking to Tristan about that fuckwit, quote unquote, teacher of his. Yeah, that he said. told him. Don't work hard, you'll never achieve anything. Exactly. And so I've spent the last nine years of my life listening to you and Dr. Drew and Vinnie Tortorich. And I've got to tell you, I have a pretty crazy goal of my own, and I've been shooting for it. And over six years of taking walks and listening to classical music, listening to John Hyatt, bringing in coffee mugs the day I use them. Oh, no, he's become the ace man. Yeah. I've gone from being being a fat kid living in his mother's house with no self-esteem and a golfer who couldn't break 100, to a guy who's making three times what he used to make, married, a homeowner, and a 1.9 handicap. Gary will know what that means. And uh, it's all because of you and because I'm chasing a dream of trying to qualify for a U.S. Open. It's an absurd dream, but you know what? Because I'm chasing that dream, I'm a better person. And if I never get there, I'm a better, more complete person. Just because that's the goal and I didn't get there, doesn't mean that it's a complete waste and I shouldn't try. So that teacher uh, should hang up his fucking uh, uh, pocket protector and go to hell. I agree. And, you know, what if someone had just been dispatched to your mom's house to explain to you why you were number one and why you were the coolest and why you needed to feel good about yourself? It can never be bestowed upon you. You have to do the work. Otherwise, you can't get the feeling. I I don't know. This whole the self-esteem movement is great conceptually except for it's mathematically impossible the self-esteem movement is a rubik's cube that can never line up because there's no such thing as people telling you you're special without you earning some sort of special degree or ribbon or whatever that'll ever fully make you feel you're special if you just take a magic wand in front of a bunch of fourth graders and decree they're all special and then leave the room then there are they're all the same. That's the, that's the whole thing. The opposite of special. Yes. That's, it's impossible. Yeah. You, it, it'll never work. It, it's, a, it's weird because you're like, oh, but don't you like kids? Like, yes, that's why I know your plan will never mm-hmm. work. And I know you feel like you're a hero because you've thought of this idea. It's not going to work. The self-esteem movement is a zero. It makes people disgruntled, mainly. It makes them angry because on, in one ear... You're hearing that you're special, and in the other ear, you're unable to cope with life or achieve anything. That's got to be weird. I, it's actually got to be confusing because someone's yelling, "You're number one," but you're at your mom's house and you're morbidly yeah. obese. Like, how is that? Yeah. How's that work? And you know what? The math must be on that because you have to make sense of it somehow in your brain. If I'm special and nothing's working out for me, it's because everybody's against me. They resent that I'm special. <sighs> All right, no, let Brian. me tell you what is special. Do that again. Get that. <laughs> Life lock, man. Holiday shopping from your mobile device. Scammers can steal your credit card info and other data with phony retail apps. You don't want that. Only download apps from reputable stores, read reviews, 
and uh, complaints about malware. Let's be safe. One in four people have experienced identity theft, and it's only going to get higher because this is the uh, wave of the criminal future. So if you're just monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. It's coming right up on 2018. Let's take care of business here, people. Let's get ourselves some LifeLock. You know when Steve's stealing your information? Getting it, uh, putting it out on the dark web or getting an online payday loan in your name. And once that credit gets screwed up, you can't unring that bell. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If you have a problem, their U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. They're the best. I have it for my family. It's LifeLock, right, Dawson? That's right. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss. Join now and get 10% off with promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code ADAM. That's ADAM to save 10% now. All right. The great Fitz Dog in Studio Next. Always love to see great Fitz Simmons in here. We'll bring him in right after Good Sports. One Sports Network presents Good Sports. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to this presentation of Podcast One Sports. Good Sports. Dave Damashek here. Adam Carolla there. Ace, we draw ever closer to a big weekend of pro football, Patriots and Steelers. Let me say this. I know oh, you're, you're, you're fretting. Nervous. You're fretting. You're nervous. I don't me, like it. I'm scared. Right, let me tell you this. You should be. But here's the thing. The Patriots and the Steelers. Now, so Patriots have had a handful of folks that have given them a difficult time and a, and a loss on, on occasion mm-hmm. over the years in the Brady era. You know, there was going up to Denver and trying to get a win. Right. That, that would do it every once in a while. There is uh, obviously in the Super Bowl, there's the Giants. Every once in a blue moon, maybe the Ravens, Ravens or something. Yep. Even occasionally during the season, maybe a little dolphin action. Yep, we'll you see. Got it. You but just read the list right there. That's, that's it. it. But the Steelers, see, so. Seahawks play them close. Seahawks, too. yes. Um, so the, the. The, the the Patriots are, are Muhammad Ali when they when he was at his most dominating, and when when he's fighting uh, Dwayne Bobick or not even a tomato can, but just a, a guy who's good but a, but a lesser fighter, he's just going to win. But what uh, what the Steelers are is a kind of a Ernie Shavers, huge right hand can can could hurt anybody. You it's know what great, I mean? This is a great analogy. So, yes. Even though their skill isn't maybe Denver when it was at its best, or Seattle possibly now, or even the Giants when they're hitting on all cylinders, had that knockout power, had that crazy right hand, and always had then the puncher's chance. So I always felt that way about Steelers. Like Steelers are a very smash mouth kind of football team, not the finesse. They're not going to beat the Patriots playing the Patriots game. They're just going to haul off, throw a haymaker, and hopefully connect and knock them out. You're so right that this is exactly right. The premise by which the Steelers have dominated, not recently, but over the decades, almost consistently. All right, Roethlisberger, some aerial uh, um, greatness here and there. But for the most part, yeah, to your point, defensive dominance, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. And it's neither here nor there. It just has no application against the Patriots. We're just going to spread you out and negate all that, uh, the the tight physicality that you like to impose on the rest of the Absolutely right about this. Well, thank you. All right. So what's next? Oh, all right. I thought, I, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. And uh, all right. No. I, you know what? As a matter of fact, that's what, it, it is crazy because I right here you can see on WinPlay Show, I have it right there. They, oh, this is one of those ones, Ace. Like you say, like of all the names for you to invoke, you just invoked it. And uh, it, it, as I was literally 30 seconds later going to bring it up to you, 
Ernie Shavers. Look at that. That is wow. written down right there, <clears throat> typed. I couldn't have wow. written it. It is typed on a piece of paper. Ernie, so win, play, show. Let's do it. Ali Foes, Ernie Ooh. Shavers, Ken Norton, George Foreman. <clears throat> win, play, show. And who? How shall we tackle this one? The most formidable or the one you would most want to get into a ring with? I think you have to just go most formidable. To Ollie. Okay. Or so do we? Well, because uh, Frazier is clearly the the number one, so we don't uh, bring him up. Or do we want to involve uh, Smoke and Joe in some? Well, this is interesting. I I feel like <clears throat> because when Ali fought um, Joe, uh, sorry, George Foreman. When Ali fought George Foreman, everyone thought George Foreman was unstoppable. Sort of. Is that your favorite documentary? Punching machine. Um, uh, uh, not that that you didn't work on. <laughs> uh, when, yeah, we when we were, were kings, kings, yeah, it's great. It's oh, there's so, so many so good, good ones. Such but, uh, a great one. But yeah. So there were. Uh, he's uh, was an unbelievable, you know, clubber, Lang killing machine, and everyone knew it. He was he was way bigger and more muscular and everything else than everyone in the division back then. So he then so he had this. Uh, he had not evolved any kind of style other than just go in and crush whoever was in front of him. And so they always talk about styles making fights. It's great because you see Muhammad Ali struggle with Joe Frazier, get knocked down with a big flying left hook and, and struggle to win and then lose with Joe Frazier. By the way, uh, passed recently, never hear this one ever again, son of a sharecropper. That's right. Because now when people die in the future, it's going to be, his dad was a web designer. <laughs> Son of a sharecropper. But a low-end web designer. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a sharecropper. No more, right? Yeah, Never again. Every literally. third person that died uh, formally for the last two million years was the son of a sharecropper. Yeah. And, that, and the sharecropper died in quicksand. That's right. right. And his dad was a sharecropper, too. So he was the son of another sharecropper. So uh, so people go, well, look, <clears throat> Joe Frazier gave uh, Muhammad Ali fits. And then uh, George Foreman annihilated Joe Frazier. So he destroyed him. He, well, this he, is exactly the math that a Steeler fan goes through. The Ravens, they can handle the Patriots. We handle the Ravens, ergo, the Patriots should be no trouble. And yet it has no no uh, relevance for well, some reason. And and that's 11 guys, and then there's Bill Belichick, and, and so on and so forth. This is just mano a mano. It's just man on man here, just right on top of each other with no shirts on. And the one guy, literally, when, when George Foreman got Joe Frazier, he knocked him down like seven times in one round. You don't see... Smoking Joe, son of a sharecropper, go down on the canvas. He just kept batting him around. So you go, oh, he's going to get with Muhammad Ali. He's going he's to bat him around. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen. But it would be interesting to see what would happen <clears throat> in, a, in a second fight. Because, because hmm. George Foreman had no strategy other than walk ahead at the guy who's smaller than you and punch him. Now you'd have to factor in the rope a dope and punching yourself out and tiring and so on and so forth. I, I believe that uh, George Foreman would take a different approach to it on a second fight and might might be a hmm, lot more successful point, yeah. than he was. Okay, so then you got uh, you brought up Ken Norton. I love uh, I love Ken Norton. Uh, Ken Norton, what a beast. I mean, he was such a specimen that he even his son was a specimen. To tie it back to pro football, he was the Houston Oilers. You know, the Houston right. Oilers, this really great team that legitimately could have won multiple Super Bowls. They just so happened to be playing in the same era as the Steelers and the Cowboys, and so they never had a chance. Yeah, Ken Norton was great. I, I can't remember if he got his jaw broke against Ali or he broke Ali's jaw. Sounds familiar. I think familiar. that's what he did, right. And uh, then the third was, who was the third? Shavers. Oh, Ernie Shavers. Ernie Shavers, uh, big big puncher um, that everyone agreed had the heaviest hands in the uh, division. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go George Foreman number one in terms of Ali doesn't, uh, he broke Ali's jaw. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So um, 
I'm going to go George Foreman first because I think George Foreman, if he ever fought Ali again, may have had a chance of, of beating him. That's an interesting thing. And so, too, would Clubber Lang against Balboa. That's more realistically, yes. Yes. I do love the fact that the entire film he spent working on speed and then at a certain point, somewhere around four, decided that Clubber Lang could not hurt him. Even the repeated head trauma from huge <laughs> right hands that came down like rain down like a sledgehammer on his orbital socket. So he just let him hit him and go, come on, that's all you got. <laughs> Which, again, as far as strategy goes, I don't I don't even know how that how that they how just that ran out of. Yeah. Uh, Sly, your pal Sly just ran out of steam with that story. Like, <laughs> ah, you know, wrap it up here. I'm going to rope a dope him. All right, that'll be a good climax. Well, listen. You are going to go nuts because uh, we on the cruise ship did a basic cable classic uh, commentary of Cobra, and it was the greatest, the greatest thing ever. When are we going to do one of those? I'm anxious to get back in action. Let's do it. I floated a go. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds would be. I know that's a little odd, but I mean, some of the assumptions made by 80s comedy writers uh, don't really hold up in the 21st century here. Are you telling me the limp-wristed spear throw? (laughs) He's a nerd. He's a gay nerd. Gay equals nerd, apparently, in 1986. The limp spear. Booger the punk guy. He's a nerd too, apparently, in that world. Yeah, he, his, his, he's the guy who would be throwing pigs into the into the nerd frat house, not the not the uh, pretty right. boys. They don't know they have better things to do. All right, so I'm gonna go George Foreman number one. I'm gonna go uh, Ken Norton number two because Ken broke Muhammad uh, Ali's jaw. And uh, then I'll go Ernie Shavers uh, number three in my my win play show. Ali doesn't want to come from the grave and fight again. Who says we don't talk sports? That was boxing. That was pro football. That was everything. <laughs> you creeps. You don't like it? You're a jerk. All right. There we go. All right. So now listen. Speaking of, ooh, when I hear the blaster, Ace, I know I don't have to tell you, but I'm going to tell you something right here and now. Tomorrow, Star Wars opens. Oh. Ooh, right. ooh la la. Let me That's get, right. Get my sister on the blower and we'll get What's in line. wrong with everyone? I don't understand people who don't. The, the people who dislike Star Wars are among the. They, they're, they're the most vocal haters of anything on the face of the earth. All right. We'll get into that because we have a special little uh, a little event we're going to do with uh, Corolla here in honor of the new Star Wars on tomorrow's podcast, One Sports Good Sports. For now, it's been a thin slice of heaven. There's more Adam Carolla.